pickup truck into warp drive <laughs> live from a studio c senor deep within the dirty stinking bells of the armstrong and getty information complex this is the armstrong and getty show oh, i hear the thundering hoof beats ah! <laughs> did you as a cubs fan stay up and watch the 13 inning one run playoff game yeah i did how was it? It sounds exciting. I wish I hadn't missed it. It was edge-of-your-seat stuff, Jack. Unbelievable. Tied, at, well, it was one nothing till the 8th or ninth. I can't remember. The Cubs scored a run, went into extra innings, Then nothing happened for a long time. Well, nothing happened, happened if you're not a baseball fan. When you're a baseball fan, the pitching, the strategy. Ah, oh, it was amazing. Yeah. Both benches were empty. There are no pitchers left. Oh, really? They're having people God. come out of the stands. I love that when that <laughs> happens. That's fantastic. Anyway. For the Cubs, they're actually talking about has anybody on this team ever caught before been a catcher? Oh, really? Yeah, because their final guy, you know, he had an, an injury. Yeah. So, yeah. So they just put a bucket on a lawn chair behind home plate, <laughs> and the pitcher was thrown into that, then he'd have to run in and get the ball. <laughs> if you didn't uh, see the game. Um, playoff baseball is the absolute best. I the love it. absolute best. Anyway, did you mention the general manager? No, sir. People coming out of the woodwork. Yeah. It's hilarious now. Boyfriends and ex-girlfriends and college buddies and a gal who once saw somebody at a bar and the rest of it. You know, the trouble with the whole former boyfriends thing is every relationship that ends, 95% of them, there was some uncomfortableness at the end. Hence, they ended. Right. I mean, I, I guess it happens. I've heard of it. The whole, you both at the same time decide you don't want to date anymore and part as friends. Right. And say, but, isn't that crazy? Let's go out for dinner one more time and enjoy each other's company, then go our separate ways. <laughs> but that isn't what usually happens. No. And so that you got something bad to say about them is not that surprising. But what about the warm glow of memory that takes over? You forget the problems and... And you just remember the good times. Doesn't that happen a little bit? Maybe you see him on TV and you think, oh, yeah, right, him or her. (laughs) 
Um, let's introduce everybody to squad. We'll start over there with our board operator, Michelangelo, pressing buttons, flipping toggles, pulling levers. Hi this morning, Michael. I'm doing very good. Um, you know, sometimes the funniest stuff happens off the air, and sometimes it's after the show. And um, when we, you know, talk among ourselves, and I keep thinking about what you said yesterday, Jeff. We are talking about being in an elevator, and when somebody's next to you and they don't want to talk to you. And now I find myself waiting uh to want to do this to somebody you know i'm waiting in the elevator and i'm disappointed that there's nobody else in there and i just remember yesterday you said you know what what would i do if I, there was somebody in the elevator and i could just look over at him and say could i put an entire pool cue in my mouth <laughs> <laughs> what do you think and then you were going to open your mouth real just wide. as a conversation starter <laughs> yeah just see you think i fit a whole apple in here right <laughs> is it big enough like an average size one that's my next one for that girl that won't talk to me when we come up on the elevator together. Uh, there is Positive Sean, whose smile lights up the room. How are you, Sean? Doing very well. An interesting day in TV history as uh, three rather prominent television shows, well, two and a half, uh, two plus a third one that kind of people like groups of threes. The Andy Griffith Show, The Dick Van Dyke Show, and Charles in Charge all debuted on this day in various years. 1960, 1961, 1984. And uh, I don't know. I found that interesting i don't know why today was the the debut day but i've been recording andy griffith's shows and hoping to get my kids into them because it's, for, for, it's freaking awesome i watched them when i was a kid hilarious yeah they're great barney fife remains one of my greatest comedic influences oh, and i think andy griffith and barney fife one of the great comedy teams of all time in terms of straight man set up punchlines absolutely true a timeless comedy oh freaking comedy fantastic. about humans jack and, and wholesome. how we live and love yeah can right? i put my bullet in <laughs> We have two rules. <laughs> That's pretty good. Rule number one, obey all rules. <laughs> rule number two, no writing on the walls as it is hard to get off. Uh, the, the great Don Knotts. There's Marshall Phillips who does our news every day. How are you, Marshall? I just want to point out uh, the now. Rock. <laughs> Here at The Rock. That's hilarious. Now that I am once again single, I just want to point out, ladies, above all else, I am a man. I play hurt, which I am. Hurt and hurting dental implant gone wrong. Oh, Ooh. my God. Oh, oh, oh. no. I hey. will be bailing as soon as the show is over. Are you on heavy painkillers? Because I like it when you're on heavy painkillers. I have <laughs> taken one or two painkillers. There you go. Yes. Awesome. I will try to keep it together. Did I give you that bottle of Vicodin, or did we just discuss that? I don't even remember. No, I'm pretty sure we must have flushed that down the toilet. On air. Yeah, we we did the responsible thing. We flushed it all. Yeah, well, no, Jack, that never happened. I don't even remember. See, I couldn't testify under oath on these things. If I did, that was like in the last couple of years, and I have no memory whatsoever. I couldn't testify to much, honestly. (laughs) Yeah, I know. And when they get into particular days and ask questions, I don't know how you answer those questions. Oh, yeah. I've always, you know, it's funny. I've thought that since I was probably a young adult watching cop shows. Or were you on the evening of January 28th, around 7 p.m., when I was out to dinner? Right. You know, and it's June. I'm thinking, what? Wait a minute. (laughs) No way. I know they're just trying to keep the plot moving. That doesn't happen. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty on this Wednesday. We're October 3rd, the year 2018. We're setting you straight in 218. We're Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. I have no effing idea. Where were you? That would be my answer. All right, let's begin the show now. Uh, According to FCC rules and regulations, here we go at Mark. For a president who made a lot of money off his billionaire image in books and on The Apprentice, this story punctures what now appears to be the myth of the self-made man. If it's true. 
Uh, we're going to talk to uh, Stephen Moskowitz, our tax uh, expert that we have on the air regularly about the whole Trump tax story, just for something different to talk about today. And, all, all I want to know is, who is their tax guy, and can I get him to work for me? <laughs> <laughs> and is Flake about to flake on Trump's nominee? Some of the things he said yesterday sure make you think so. What are other headlines, Marshall? Well, the White House pushing back hard on that New York Times tax evasion story. President rally time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Defending his Supreme Court nominee while going after his chief accuser. And we do have new warnings about sugar substitutes coming up. So we got... Ford's ex-boyfriend and uh, the, the, the gang rape girl's ex-boyfriend. Right. All out today with various stories. Okay, yes. We'll get into those. They're kind of entertaining if you just like soap operas. Right. The ex-boyfriend of the uh, gang rape girl is uh, says she's quite the, uh, quite the item. Yes, he's uh, rather critical of her character and habits. <laughs> um, how does mailbag look? Oh, it's, it's good. It's fine. A little this, a little that. Here, let's see. Which one is that one? Oh, Kavanaugh was a hero uh, for funny reasons and a uh, an amusing Bill Cosby joke, believe Oof. it or not. Wow, all on the way on the Armstrong and Getty uh-huh. Show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. Of the nation. The gang rape girl, her ex-boyfriend, says she was a nut job and into group sex and asked him when they were dating if it would be okay if she had sex with a whole bunch of guys at once. That's what he claims. Wow. Wow. Which, you know, you get to do. I'm not uh, It's not judging. It's not illegal. Well, it is in some states. Actually, it is. Yeah. Generally in the South. And it's kind of ridiculous. Um, mm-hmm. And that doesn't make her anything. Really, other than well, no, well, actually, I, that shit. Why is that even part of the story? That I, shouldn't be part of the story. I, I don't know. That I, shouldn't she, even be part of the story. I, I, she's that's, that's the whole thing's ridiculous. I mean, I could tell she was just full of crap and just some sort of not great person. I'm trying to avoid. Any I feel bad for even bringing or, that up. Yes, you should. That shouldn't have. That doesn't have anything to do with it. I'm just concerned you don't feel bad enough. I feel really bad. Okay, <laughs> that's good. Yeah, it's a load because, of crap. Because, you know, how promiscuous you are or aren't has got nothing to do with uh, you being raped. Right. Indeed. Yeah. Mailbag. Yeah. Ye little this, little that. Mailbag today. Here's your crime of day. Uh, section 40 U.S. Code, weird little S's, 6135 and 6137A, makes it a federal crime to display a flag, banner, or device in the Supreme Court building or grounds if it's designed to bring public notice to a movement. Hmm. Uh, let's see, in our freedom-loving quote of the day from Isabel Patterson, American author, lived from 1886 to 1961, said a tax-supported compulsory educational system is the complete model of the totalitarian state. It's an interesting thought. I'm not sure I agree entirely, but keep that in mind. Uh, you know, I, I prefer, uh, who, who was it, uh, one of your great... Uh, thinkers, I can never remember who it was said of all the monopolies, um, a public or a monopoly on education is the most insidious. 
keep that in mind as you listen to commercials as perhaps where you live is moving into an election period where various unions are trying to convince you that any innovation in education is incredibly dangerous and must be crushed. Moving along. Here's John from Novato, California. Kavanaugh is a hero before his time. Apparently, he threw ice at someone in a bar. Given his social circle, the victim was a privileged white male homophobe. The victim was likely a future cabinet member, so Kavanaugh was just pre-following Maxine Waters' orders to get in his face. There you go. There's been a fair amount of uh, questioning the journalistic integrity of the New York Times for going with that story in such a big, splashy headline. Oh, the bar fight thing? Well, see, that's, that's... To say bar fight is—is is that even fair? We're we're only in, we're not interested in his friends. We're only interested in him, right? And the only thing they alleged of him is that he threw some ice cubes at somebody, <laughs> which we, I don't know if that should make the New York Times. Can't have a cube chucker on the court. Yeah, it's it's become completely ridiculous. I toyed with various phrases for the general manager. I went with people coming out of the woodwork, uh, just because it's it's gone so far afield and so nutty. If he does that with ice in his hand, what's he going to do when the gavel's in it? Exactly. All right. That's, mm, that's exactly. a good point. Yeah. You can't exactly. argue with it. Right, right. I saw him once. He was uh, drunk, and he, he he finished the drink of somebody who'd left the party. That's gross. We can't have that on the Supreme Court. You can't. I've done that. Just, just, <laughs> please. And the defense rests. <laughs> Waste not, want not. There's some guy, there's some starving guy in China who wishes he was drunk. And he wishes he had this drink. Now finish it. You know, I had a friend, and we would find this out all of the time, like on Saturday or Sunday morning. So we're all sitting around in chairs watching like a, ba- a baseball game last, like last night. Yes. 13 innings late at night. We're drinking beer all night long. Fabulous. Next day, going around to clean up the beer cans. Empties by me. Empties by other dude. Go to my other friend. All like three quarters full of beers. <sighs> when, when, it, when someone would say, who needs another one? He'd say, yeah. So he could claim he's keeping up or something, I guess. But he didn't drink them. Wow. That's so weak. It, How dare it, you. Well, I don't care if you didn't drink one. That's fine. Don't right. waste them. That's the problem. Well, clearly. That's the problem. We, a bunch of buddies of mine in college used to call them Oblarskis because they had a friend named Oblarski who would do that all the time. Oh, He'd really? drink half of it or two-thirds of it. and Yeah, exactly. Who That's needs another? Yeah, right here. I'm ready. <laughs> no. No, you're not. So uh, here's a nice note from uh, Mike. Who is talking about uh, moving to the South and got to work with a, 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 a black guy closely? Um, he became good friends. We talked freely about race, had a lot of fun at work, quite a bit older than me, worked hard his whole life, really a, a, just a terrific guy. The thing that struck me was every time we would run into a store or gas station for lunch, he would take off his coat before going in to play it safe, which I thought was ridiculous. But soon I figured out what he meant. Whenever we would go into a store, the employees would talk to me like a normal person, but would talk to him as if they were a stern adult speaking to a child. Hmm. He had to change into a child, like obedient, yes sir, no sir, simply to buy a candy bar and whatever else to avoid suspicion of being a bad person. It always pissed me off, and uh, Howard always made me let it go. Um, And then he says, I wonder if this will be what it'll be like for white folks. We have to Go out of our way to act innocent because we're already under suspicion. We have to apologize for crimes we never well, committed so, and never look a person in the eye when speaking to them. It's ridiculous, whoever you are. Yeah, I would agree. But yeah. where it gets to be a problem, and this is the point of view of a lot of people, 
is that would be okay because that would somehow somehow balance out history. Right. That's not justice, though. That's vengeance. Well, yeah, and those exactly. are very, very different but things. It's amazing to me how many well-educated, intellectual thinkers agree with that principle. Yeah, well, Kavanaugh going down, even if he didn't do it, is okay because a lot of women have not been believed over time. That that, that does not the way the universe works. Right. Right. Well, as uh, Thomas Sowell puts it, uh, roughly, th- there are some ideas so crazy only an intellectual could believe them. Uh, but, 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 but so, oh, the point is not uh, I wanted to say two things. Number one, um, it's that's not justice. It's vengeance. And those are different things. Number two, the, the headline from Mike is uh, reverse racism, a term I've always hated because racism is racism. And if you if you look all over the world, all people around the world, Dennis Rodman. There is bigotry everywhere, everywhere. And just because in, say, China, there's been bigotry against Mongolians for a while, and then all of a sudden Mongolians start acting horribly, cruel toward the Han Chinese type people, um, that's bigotry. That's racism. Just because they were on the receiving end for a while doesn't make it quote unquote reverse racism because that implies it's okay sometimes. And it's not. It's not. You want a little perspective? Study the rest of the world and how it works. The U.S. is not unique in many regards at all. Uh, let's see. Yeah, there we go. Oh, speaking of race. Uh, Courtney, I'm a young black conservative that's been listening for a little while. Not nearly long enough to get the oven mitts or coffee mug, but. I did appreciate receiving my official A&G Solo Cup. That's the one-year prize. Mm. That's right. Uh, anyway, I want to l- let we you mail know. out a red Solo Cup for one year of listening. <laughs> That's right. And we scrawl in black Sharpie A-N-G on it. Anyway, I want to let you know that yesterday I was suspended by Twitter for racism against a white person. And it was what was clearly a ridiculous joke tweet in response to an over-the-top tweet from Candace Owens. Apparently, Cracker is off, the, is off limits if you are a conservative. While Tariq Nasheed is a liberal who's allowed to be racist and hateful all day on Twitter with no disciplinary action. Um, and she includes the tweet, and it's clearly a, a very silly joke um, and meant in good fun. Uh, stop, slap Brandon the news donkey in the ass for me. Love always, Courtney. I don't know about that, but we do have Twitter's new rules for what will get your account banned, which you should know if you're, uh, if you're on the Twitter like we are. But probably only on one side. Here's a nice note from uh, Duke. Uh, he is uh, traveling in the UK, including uh, Scotland, where he came across a gift store. Jack, he, he sent you a picture. The gift store is called Th- Thistle Do Nicely. Oh, really? Right, reminiscent of your museum. Thistle be awesome. That's right. Devoted entirely to thistles. Do we need to contact lawyers about some sort of weird copyright infringement thing? Are they standing on your corner? I was knocking down some thistles over the weekend, and I, I, I re. Was re enthused about my museum, mm. the humble thistle that does not get its due. This will be painful beast. if you step on them. <laughs> uh, also, I was in Manchester on Thursday, and every TV in every pub had the Kavanaugh hearings on. Wow, At first, I listened to the BBC's coverage; it was very one-sided. Then I realized I was much happier not listening to all this. So, what's the draw internationally—the sex or the Trump part? I don't know exactly. Probably a combination. He he goes on to say a great deal more, uh, which we'll we'll get to in a few minutes. Is it because Trump's the biggest celebrity in the world? Anything around well, him gets attention. Yeah. yeah. Marshall's news coming up. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. May want, but a good steal.
Instant classic at Wrigley Field last night. I wish I had seen that. So yeah, well, I'm guessing it ended the, badly. I'm guessing what depends on who you're rooting for. I'm guessing when the Cubs tied it in the bottom of the eighth, the crowd went wild. Yes, they did, Jack. They cheered as one. They rose from their <laughs> uncomfortable wooden seats and shouted their joy. I wish I'd have seen that. Uh, let's get the news now with Marsha Phillips. Well, White House Press Secretary Sarah Sanders responding to a New York Times story about how President Trump built his fortune. Sanders saying the IRS reviewed and signed off on the transcripts that the Times details in its story, claiming Trump set up shell corporations as a way to hide gifts from his parents and avoid paying estate taxes in the late 1990s. And that Trump. I haven't read this. I'm, I'm barely paying attention now. Are yeah. people claiming he did anything illegal? Uh, Are they just claiming you took advantage of tax law? No, the claim is essentially that they pushed it way beyond what would be considered proper. Right. Uh, You know, fake shell corporations that don't exist and don't do anything. uh, I've had people telling me to do that since I was 23, uh, that sort of thing. All right, well, what I was thinking, we're going to talk to a tax expert uh, in about a half an hour. Right. But I was thinking, you know how many people at the highest levels of government who are all rich, including Democrats, do that sort of thing? All of them! Right. Push it to the very limit and beyond and hope they get away with it. All of them have a team of lawyers trying to exploit all the tax laws the most they can. Wasn't Bernie Sanders' wife involved in some big hiding of funds there and was tax some evasion? Word about that, and, yeah, yeah. Something or. Yeah. Meanwhile, President. That doesn't make it all right. No, but, you no. Know. Meanwhile, President Trump was stumping last night in Mississippi, praising his Supreme Court nominee and blasting Democrats for engineering a plan to ruin Bert, uh, Brett Kavanaugh's reputation. Trump going after the claim by Christine Blasey Ford that Kavanaugh had sexually molested her at a high school party some 36 years ago. Trump listing several questions about Ford's allegations and then pretended to be her saying in response. What he's going through, 36 years ago, this happened. I had one beer, right? I had one beer. Well, do you think it was, nope, it was one beer. Oh, good. How did you get home? I don't remember. How'd you get there? I don't remember. Where is the place? I don't remember. How many years ago was it? I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, not helping. I don't know. Helping. I don't know. What neighborhood was it in? I don't know. Where's the house? I don't know. Upstairs, downstairs, where was it? I don't know. But I had one beer. That's the only thing I remember. And a man's life is in tatters. A man's life is shattered. So, no, I don't, think, I don't think that's helpful either. Here's what I would like to know. Maybe you could answer this question. Who, me? Did he... What if I don't want to? Had he planned on saying that before he said it? And if he had planned on it, or was it just the top of the mind when he said Kavanaugh's life has been ruined? And here you got her. And then does he just roll off the top of his head? I Had would... he planned to go after her? Had he consulted anybody about whether or not that would be a good strategy? I'd be interested in all those things. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I would love to know that. I, I would guess no. My sense would, would be... Off the top of his head. Yeah, my sense would be he started talking about Kavanaugh. He's a little worked up. He saw the New York Times story about the taxes. Right. Yep. And he just goes. That'd be my Feeling sense of combative. It. Yeah. Meanwhile, uh, yesterday, Republican Senator Jeff Flake made it very plain that he was not happy with the tone of Kavanaugh's testimony during the Ford hearing. I was, I was very troubled by the, 
the tone uh, of the uh, of the remarks. Uh, the initial uh, defense that uh, that Judge uh, um, Kavanaugh gave uh, w was something like I, I told my wife. I hope that I would sound that indignant if I were uh, if I felt that I was unjustly, you know, maligned. But then it went on, and the interaction with the members was sharp and partisan, and that concerns me. Yeah, okay, fine. He goes on to say, and the most important part is, we, I don't think we need something like that on the court, which is indicating that he might vote against mm -hmm. Kavanaugh based right. on, not on the, the Ford testimony thing, not on that, but on his demeanor in the hearing. First of all, a devil's advocate argument, before I get to mind, uh, you could say, or just the totality of the stuff. There's just too many questions. Well, here's uh, the story on Flake. He left the Senate. He went to do a speaking engagement in Boston, then headed straight for New Hampshire because he's running for president. He says, I haven't ruled it out, but he's not in New Hampshire to watch the leaves change. The guy's obviously angling for a presidential run. That's why he got out of the Senate. Does that make him more or less likely to vote against Kavanaugh? Though? He's trying to position himself as some sort of centrist. He's trying to get the John Kasich crowd, which is about 2%. Um, <laughs> but he is obviously posturing for a presidential run. Also, an interesting revelation. The women who accosted him in the elevator are professional activists and have uh, done the same to Mitch McConnell, uh, Bob Corker, David Purdue, um, they're all uh, higher ups in the Center for Popular Democracy, which is a, uh, a left wing a activist organization. You know, I generally don't throw George Soros around because it's like Soros and the in the Koch brothers right. are thrown around by each side, like you know Voldemort and Harry Potter, depending on your point of view, as if they have magical evil powers or their presence clearly indicates something unholy is afoot. But they are professional agitators. Hey, good for them. Good if you're on that team. It worked. I would have never thought it would have worked. If I'm in an activist group and I say, we should confront him in an elevator and say we were raped, do you believe us? That'll make him change his mind. Because I'd have thought, that's a dumb plan. That Nobody would change their mind because of that. Right. So I think Flake is a complete phony. He's been going up against Trump a lot, which I could see there's a lot of stuff to go up against him on. Um... But he's clearly trying to elevate his reputation and, and trying to become a headline. But the most important thing is, do you think he's indicating he'll vote against Kavanaugh, or he just wants to act like he's really considering it and I, then vote for him? I don't know. I don't know. I think that demeanor stuff right. is a whole. That's a different. That's a different ball game, right? He's probably got people frantically polling. What would uh, happen to his numbers if he voted against Kavanaugh? He would mm -hmm. elevate himself as the anti-Trump. Republican, mm -hmm. and maybe he thinks that's a place to carve out. And then he maybe would be the guy. And then maybe because there's nothing that's more warmly embraced than somebody from the other side that comes to your side, he switches party affiliation to Democrat and runs for president. As the brave, oh, man, the brave, brave <laughs> Republican who dared to take on Trump and the rapey Kavanaugh. <laughs> <laughs> rapey Kavanaugh. Oh my God. Yeah, well, that's what they, that's the way they're portraying it. Heartbreaker for the Cubs fans as the Cubs and the Rockies battled in the NL wild card. An instant classic, Marshall. Tony Walters hitting the go-ahead RBI single to give the Rockies their 2-1 to one lead. The pitch. Base hit into center field by Tony Walters. Boom comes Story. Par to third. The Rockies have regained the lead. 2-1 to one in the top of the 13th. 
Dar. Colorado going on to beat Chicago 2-1. Two, two, Chicago has uh, failed to score many runs lately, and that was their problem again last night. Weak bats. Turn it around. Hold on to the skinny end. Swing the fat end, maybe. What's the matter with you? There you go. That's a wrap. That's your news. I'm Marshall Phillips. The Armstrong and Getty Show, the conscience of the nation. So we are going to talk to a tax guy, uh, Stephen Moskowitz, coming up in about 20 minutes about what kind of trouble Trump might be in or how far he was pushing it. We'll get into that. Whether this sort of thing's common. Should we hit you with some of the ex-boyfriend stuff? Uh, Yeah, why not? I mean, uh, I hate to dignify any of it. All right. But when you're starting when you have all of the mainstream media breathlessly reporting, well not all, but most of it, this uh, Ramirez chick with a penis wagging and and this uh, Avenatti tied dope, you might as well counter it, I guess. Man, when you're starting to talk about ex-boyfriends and girlfriends from decades oh, ago, yeah. ice chuckings from 35 years ago? Yeah. What? Yeah. You're listening to the Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty. The conscience of the nation. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Interaction with the members was sharp and partisan, and that concerns me. And I tell myself, you give a little leeway because of what he's been through. But on the other hand, we can't have this on the court. We, we simply can't. That's the key phrase wow. from Flake yesterday, the senator, a Republican. You lose his vote, and uh, well, it's over. Um, I think so, he needs one more, right? It can't just be him. He needs one other no vote. Yeah, that would leave it 50-50, and, and then Pence cast the uh, decider. Pence would ride in on the white horse. Exactly. Okay, well, Literally. So you'd yes. be halfway there if Flake bails. And some political pundits, and they, they're all guessing, pretending they know what they're talking about, they're all guessing that if one caves, the three wobbly ones might all go together so they'd have some cover. Yeah. I don't know if that would happen or not. But that is Flake saying his uh, Kavanaugh's Kavanaugh's attitude is not something we want on the Supreme Court, not even the sexual stuff. <laughs> so That's hilarious. Well, if he votes that way, he votes that way, whether it <laughs> makes sense or not. You, you I think just want Flake to be ruined if he does this. <laughs> that will be my jihad. Uh, well, he'd be ruined in some eyes and a hero in others. Like John McCain voting no on the Obamacare thing, you know, really, really elevated him in some people's eyes. Mm-hmm. Uh. I think Flake has taken that playbook as you get to be the guy who stopped something. Sure. John McCain got to be the guy who stopped Obamacare, and Flake thinks I can become the guy who stopped Kavanaugh. Well, stopped the repeal president. of Obamacare. Yeah. Right. And, I, and, uh, and, uh, and Flake thinks I can be the guy who stopped Kavanaugh, and I'll run And on get that. the Kasich vote. And get the, the 2% Kasich vote that is so popular. Two on a good day. Probably so, more like one. Geez, oh man. Probably more like one and a half. Um, so I, just, I feel tawdry even talking about this. Because for a couple of reasons. so Folks, that means it's going to be good. The Swetnick woman's a nut job, I yes, think. Clearly. Either a liar and or a nut job. And, and, or... and it's going nowhere. And I don't think the FBI is even looking into that one. So right. why am I talking about it? But her ex-boyfriend who once ran for Congress... For some reason, that elevates him his oh, believability because Certainly. nobody who'd run for Congress could be somebody you wouldn't trust. 
But I've seen this in every story about it. He once ran for Congress. Oh, wait a minute. A man of substance. And as a Democrat, maybe that's the reason. Ah. He's, he's not a hack Republican. Yeah. yeah. Um, he ran for Congress as a Democrat, and he dated Ms. Swetnick back in the early 90s. And she had talked to him about, she told him that um, she liked to have sex with multiple guys at a time. During our conversation about sexual preferences, things got derailed when Julie told me that she liked to have sex with more than one guy at a time. In fact, sometimes with several at one time. She wanted to know if I'd be okay with that. And Swetnick told him that the first time she'd engaged in sexual, um, that word, with multiple men at the same time was in high school. Um... And he says she never said anything to me about being sexually assaulted, raped, gang raped, or any of that stuff, which we all know is not proof of anything. No. Although she was pretty open about her sexual past. Yeah. Uh, so that's kind of interesting. This is really interesting. So when he was running for Congress in 96, he called Swetnick's dad to try to get back in contact with her to see if she could help on the campaign. And her dad said... She has psychological and other problems. Probably wouldn't be a good idea. Oh, boy. Her dad told him. Oh, boy. There you go. You know, I'm reminded of, I think it was Hillary who used this charming phrase as she was trying to assassinate the characters of uh, Juanita Broderick, uh, Monica Lewinsky, Paula Jones. Yes, yes. That uh, you drag a dollar bill through a trailer park and this is what you get. Uh, something tells me old uh, Michael Avenatti went looking for uh, somebody compliant. Well, <clears throat> but anyway, nobody's taking her seriously. Harvard Law Professor uh, Alan Dershowitz is uh, wanting to go after her for uh, all kinds of crimes if this turns out to be bogus. Part of it is because he hates Avenatti. Right. And they've argued on, uh, Reason cable, enough. on cable news channels. But. Yeah, well, it's absolutely defamation. But um, then you got the ex-boyfriend of Christine Blasey. Now, this matters because this is the actual, in theory, what we're determining his fitness for the court on. This one. Yes. Yeah, because the other two are, are will go nowhere. But we'll find out from the FBI report any day now, I guess. But uh, this is from uh, Al Anonymous, apparently. He's a current resident of blank California. Oh, I've been to blank. It's nice. Nice. A lot of, lot of beautiful rolling hills. Are... <laughs> I, I a little first... hot for my taste. Well, sometimes. August. I met Christine Blasey in 1989 or 90 in California. By the way, this is it's worth pointing out that both what Jack brought up and what I'm bringing up now are 26 years old, a full decade more recent than the core of the discussion, but still a quarter century ago. Uh, let's see. I was just friends with Ford. From approximately 1992 to 98, I was in a relationship with Dr. Ford. I found her truthful and maintained... From, from no- when to when? 92 to 98. That's a long relationship. Yeah. Uh, I found her truthful and maintained no animus toward her. We had a cat and two dog and a couple other animus. Uh, <laughs> six years, uh, you, you know somebody in six oh, years. Yeah, yeah. During our time dating, Dr. Ford never brought up anything regarding her experience as a victim of sexual assault, harassment, or misconduct. Dr. Ford never mentioned Brett Kavanaugh. During some of the time we were dating, Dr. Ford lived with uh, Monica... Uh, McLean, who I understand to be your lifelong best friend, during that time it was my understanding that McLean has been was interviewing for jobs with the FBI and U.S. Attorney's Office. Is she one of her beach friends? I witnessed Dr. Ford help McLean prepare for a potential polygraph exam. Dr. Ford explained in detail what to expect, how polygraphs work, and help McLean become familiar and less nervous about the exam. Dr. Ford was able to help because of her background in psychology. Um, I've heard that characterized as taught her how to beat a polygraph. I think that is a mischaracterization of what the letter says. 
just because my hallmark is fairness. But she knows something about polygraphs, is the point. Yeah, she was tutoring her friend on it. Uh, Lived together while dating, stayed together in a long-distance relationship. Um, uh, While visiting Ford in Hawaii, we traveled around the Hawaiian Islands, including one time on a propeller plane. Dr. Ford never indicated a fear of flying. To the best of my recollection, Dr. Ford never expressed a fear of close quarters, tight spaces, or places with only one exit. I assisted Dr. Ford with finding a place to live. Uh, she ended up living in a very small 500-square-foot house with one door. I don't know to what extent a medical, prof- uh, a mental health professional might say, you know, this could come on later in life, delayed reaction or something by 30 years. But that when he heard her testifying about she can't fly and, and they flew places all the time, you would think, What? We used right. to go places all the time on flights. You've never mentioned that once. And then he says she uh, used a credit card of his without permission to buy $600 worth of merchandise. When confronted, Dr. Ford said she did not use the card, but later admitted to the use after I threatened to involve fraud prevention. Uh, wow, that's an interesting... I do not want to become involved in this process or current investigation, but wanted to be truthful about what I know. Well, Which was in... essentially what Dr. Ford said. Yeah. I don't know about the credit card thing. I don't know. You'd have to be you don't there. know. You'd have to. Be you there. don't know what theft is. <laughs> you don't know if theft is okay. <laughs> You'd have to be there. I don't know what their relationship and finances were like. I was post breakup. Post breakup. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But that doesn't mean you you didn't get raped though. So or attempted raped or whatever. Uh, it goes to credibility. Yeah. As you sure. pointed out, if you catch somebody lying on one thing, you can dismiss everything. So we're going to talk to uh, tax attorney Stephen Moskowitz, is what he's called, about this whole Trump thing. Coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.